Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV is presented by the Basketball Tournament. Syracuse fans, the Basketball Tournament is coming to Syracuse this July 22-25. Catch all the action live at SRC Arena as the Syracuse alumni team, Bayheim's Army, looks to defend their 2021 championship and win $1 million back-to-back. Tickets start at just $12 per game and you'll catch Bayheim's Army up to three times. Don't miss it. Tickets available now at thetournament.com slash Syracuse. That's the tournament.com forward slash Syracuse. It is SNY.TV's The Juice on the Cuse podcast, covering Syracuse basketball, lacrosse, and football. Today on The Juice on the Cuse podcast on SNY.TV, we'll be talking about Bayheim's Army defending its TBT championship and Jim Phillips defending the ACC against realignment at ACC kickoff. I'm Wes Chang, and I'll be joined later by Brad Bierman, and our guest today is Bayheim's Army Assistant General Manager, Sean Belby. Sean, appreciate you coming on the program. How are you today? I'm great. Uh, appreciate you having me on, Wes. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, Sean, really excited to have you as well, and we'll get you started on this one. Bayheim's Army is back to defend its championship after winning it all in 2021. What's the vibe like on a team that's looking to repeat as champions? Uh, the vibe has been great. Um, you know, obviously, we got some guys from last year's team. Um, back this year, um, who are looking to repeat. And then we, we added some new pieces that are um, young and hungry and, and ready to go and, um, you know, excited to compete for their first TBT championship. So I think we have a really good group of, you know, some vets and some young guys um, who haven't played in TBT before. Um, but, you know, I've watched it and some of them have been a part of it. And um, everybody's ready to go and, uh, you know, ready to to run it back and win another championship. So you just mentioned some of the young guys who are joining the team who weren't there before. That's a perfect segue into my next question. Jimmy Beheim is the latest addition. He was officially announced earlier in the week. First, it's nice that Beheim's army officially has a Beheim on it. Second, what was it about Jimmy that led to you adding him to the roster? So initially we had to wait, um, you know, until Jimmy got done, you know, playing in summer league. Um, he was out in Vegas with the Pistons. Uh, we weren't really sure if he was going to play, going to be able to play in TBT this year. So, uh, but he was on our radar really the whole time. Um, you know, he's someone who we, whose game we respect a lot. You know, he had a great year this year at Syracuse. Um, at six foot nine, he can really stretch the floor, shoot the long ball, and and really put it on the ground and uh, score at the rim. And and he's really really good passer too. So he makes everybody better when he's out there. So. He's someone that, um, like I said, you know, we had our eye on for a while. We just weren't sure if we were going to make it happen um, due to, you know, his commitment to the Pistons with Summer League. Um, but, you know, we, we were able to hop on a call, um, you know, after after the Summer League ended. And, uh, you know, luckily um, he was able to play, and we're super excited to have him. And, you know, obviously just, you know, the name, the team name is, you know, named after his, his dad, uh, you know, Coach Bayline. So, that just makes it so much more special for us and for him and, you know, for the Bayham family. You just talked about Jimmy as being a new guy. Other new guys include Tyler Ennis and Rakeem Christmas. 
Selling Beheim's Army to those guys, I think the pitch speaks for itself as former Syracuse guys. It's a reunion tour. You get to play with all your old friends. But what's the pitch you make to a non-Syracuse guy like a D. Boast or a Kyle Wilshire? And how do you identify those guys for Beheim's Army? Yeah, I mean, those are usually um, based off, like, connections and then um, just, like, the roster that we have so far. So, you know, D played in TBT last year. Um with a different team. So he was very familiar with our team, watched the championship game, obviously. Um, but I knew D um, through his agent, really close with his agent. Um, and we were looking for, you know, another guard, another point guard who could score and make plays. So that's how I found D. Um, like I said, through his agent, I've, I've known D for a few years now. I've been watching him overseas. Um, and really just going basically to YouTube or, you know, another site and just watching – a lot of his highlights from this year, and uh, I felt like he was going to be a perfect fit for our team. Um, but we wouldn't have been able to get, you know, him without, you know, Adam and, and you know, without Coach Beheim. You know, we've run all these guys, all the non-Syracuse guys by them as well. And they were a huge part in their, uh, in his recruitment process, uh, which ultimately led him, you know, to joining the team. And then someone like Kyle, um, obviously, you know, a great player, Um we wouldn't have Kyle, you know, like I said just now, if it wasn't for Adam, if it wasn't for Coach. So Adam has a great relationship with Rakeem. Um, so Rakeem's actually one of the first players on the team. Um, so we got Rakeem. Then since we had Rakeem, then Tyler committed because he really wanted to play with Rakeem again. And then once we got Tyler, that's what ultimately led to Kyle. Um, Tyler and Kyle played together back in 2019 in Turkey. They have a really good relationship, really, really good friends. Um and they wanted to play together again. So everything kind of goes back to, you know, Adam being involved with our team and, and Coach, you know, having uh, more of a role in, you know, this process than people think he probably does. You know, we always run these non-Syracuse guys by him, and uh, and he thought they would both be a great fit. Sean, let's talk about you for a second. You played at Syracuse from 2015 to 2020. Since graduation, you've worked as an NBA skills coach. So how is that going, and what else is going on with you? It's been going really, really well. Um, you know, work with a lot of high major players in college and, and a few NBA guys as well, um, which has been awesome. The summertime is usually when I'm most busy. Um, so this TBT, you know, um, kind of takes me away from the training for a couple of weeks, but it's, it's, it's a good break to have. Um, but this year I was back uh, at Syracuse actually as a video coordinator for the women's team up here, which was awesome. Um, just going to be back in Syracuse and and see everybody and you know be involved with an with a you know great basketball program again. Uh, we had a good season and uh, it was you know definitely uh, a change of scenery going from the men's to the women's game. But I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Um, but now I'm just looking. Um, Looking for an NBA job, actually. I uh, had some interviews last week in, in Vegas at the NBA Summer League. So um, looking to transition to, into the NBA and get a get a staff position um, with some organization, and uh, hopefully it'll work out. Knowing you, Sean, I think that's going to work out really well, and good luck as you pursue that. And we'll get you out of here on this one. You're playing your first game on Friday at SRC Arena in Syracuse at 7 p.m. How big is the home court advantage, and what message do you have for Syracuse fans as you begin your title defense? It's a huge advantage. Um, we hope that, you know, the place is going to sell out. Um, last time, you know, the team played in Syracuse, I actually wasn't there. So 
I'm really looking forward to, you know, to get to SRC and seeing all the fans and, and having all the support, um, especially coming off the championship run we had last year. I think, you know, the fans are even more excited uh, and, you know, more hyped up. So hopefully, you know, we can sell out every game we have here, you know, Friday, Saturday, and then hopefully the championship on Monday. Um, but, you know, just message from the fans, you know, we can't wait to see you guys. Um, you know, we have a great group. Um of you know some Syracuse guys and some some non-Syracuse guys and we hope that you know you guys will all come out and support and uh, you know help us you know win these three games in Syracuse and help us move on to Dayton. Sean, thank you so much for coming on the program again. Sean Belby, assistant general manager for Bayheim's Army. Make sure you watch Bayheim's Army as they begin their TBT title defense against India Rising on Friday, July twenty second at seven p.m. at SRC Arena in Syracuse or on ESPN. Sean, best of luck in the tournament. Bring home the championship. We'll speak with you soon. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate it. Really pulling for Sean and Beheim's Army as they look to win that $1 million prize. And I'm now joined over the phone by the Juice Online Editor-in-Chief and my very good friend, Brad Bierman. Brad, how are you today? I am doing well, Wes. Thank you. Brad, plenty to talk about as Syracuse football and the rest of the ACC were there for ACC kickoff on Wednesday. I think the thing on the forefront of everyone's mind is realignment. As we talked about on the last podcast, the defections of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten have implications across all of the college athletics landscape. So what were your main takeaways as it relates to realignment discussion at ACC kickoff? My main takeaways, Wes, are from Commissioner Jim Phillips in his State of the Conference address that kicked things off at the kickoff event, was that don't expect any change for a little bit of time. Because we talked about uh, the last time we spoke about what kind of uh, theme would Jim Phillips be presenting, and I was mentioning unity, harmony, and I think that came through in his state of the conference address at the kickoff event. He was talking about the fact that This is college sports. He really was emphasizing for the first half of his address that this is college sports and the traditional notion of how important it is to have this experience for the student athletes at all institutions, whether they be big, medium, or small, and for all of the programs that a school sponsors, both in men's and women's sports. He was emphasizing that, hey, this is not the NFL light. This is not the NBA light. This is college athletics, and while there's different communities on the college sports landscape, and he referred to gated communities, upper class, middle class, and modest, the importance is that it's all one community, and it's providing the experience of college athletics for these student athletes. Now, that aside, when he was asked inevitably about the factor of revenue and the ACC and what's now happened with the SEC and the Big Ten sort of pulling away with their annual revenue payments, tens of millions of dollars more than a conference like the ACC. Well, nobody knows that better than Jim Phillips. It's been on his mind every day since he took over as being ACC commissioner in February of 2021. So he's working in conjunction with his two main partners on this, how to increase revenue to the conference, and those main partners are, of course, ESPN, which is a 50% owner with the conference of the ACC network, and then all the chancellors, presidents, financial people, and athletic directors of the 15 uh, ACC institutions. So they've been consistently working on that. That's not going to change this summer, 
Phillips was hinting at a couple of new revenue opportunities that he hopes to announce before the end of the summer. And then the big task at hand is working with ESPN to decide what the iteration of the ACC is going to look like the rest of the 2020s and right up until the current grants of rights uh, ends in 2036. So much to think about as it relates to realignment, but there's still football to be played on the field, Brad. Syracuse football sent head coach Dino Bapers, offensive lineman Matt Bergeron, linebacker Michael Jones, and quarterback Garrett Schrader to ACC kickoff. Break down what they had to say to the media. Well, certainly Coach Babers is a veteran of attending the ACC media day. This is his seventh such event, and he always plays it close to the vast west. Uh, of course, there's improvement, and he was emphasizing the improvement he was emphasizing the great additions to the coaching staff during the offseason. But he was also talking about the leadership that's really essential from players like Bergeron, Jones, and Schrader that joined him at the event. So he was talking about the great leadership of these upperclassmen and what they've done to what he termed the underbelly of the team, the younger players that they're going to be counting on for that experience and the improved recruits, quite frankly, that the program has brought in the last three years. The other thing he was uh, emphasizing was they really got to finish the season out. Syracuse is really struggling late in the season, especially last year, dropping all three games in November. And he's really looking for the leadership to take over the improved coaching staff to make a noticeable effect that this team will be playing not only good football in September, but consistently throughout the 12 game season. Uh, the takeaway I got from a player like Bergeron is the fact that it's an, a veteran offensive line. There's a lot of flexibility there. They've really gelled under new offensive coordinator Robert and I. Uh, the feeling I got from Mikel Jones is this is going to be a great Syracuse defense. Sure, it's a little bit lean and young up front, but the linebacker core led by Jones is outstanding, as is the defensive secondary. And the feeling I got from Schrader is this is his football team. He's the undisputed leader of the offense, and he said he's never been as excited for this upcoming season as he has been in his career at Mississippi State and his second year at SU. So with a player like Sean Tucker in the backfield, uh, a chance for Schrader under Anai and Jason Beck, the new quarterbacks coach, to really exploit all the the tools and weapons available offensively and then uh, improve special teams play, I really came away feeling as optimistic as I have about a Syracuse football team since the 2018 bowl season. And Brad, we're right at the end of our show. Your closing thoughts. My closing thought, Wes, is about the uh, just completed NBA Summer League and the fact that Syracuse has uh, former Syracuse players are likely going to be uh, making the rosters of at least one, if not two teams. That Cole Swider had such a great Summer League performance for the Lakers I've got to think he's going to be right there to clinch a, a roster spot as the season gets underway. And Buddy Beheim, well, it might not be exactly the same situation, but I think he's going to have a shot to get some NBA playing experience in his rookie year. And the irony I find in that is the fact that if indeed that happens, these two players have NBA experience in the upcoming season, will mean that last year's a rare losing season for Syracuse for the first time in 50-plus years will have featured a team with two NBA players. So I certainly find that ironic that a losing Syracuse basketball team would have two players good enough to be right on the fringe 
of having NBA experience. Brad, my closing thoughts are on 2023 offensive lineman Jaden Bass, the Massachusetts three-star prospect committed to the Orange earlier in the week, selecting Syracuse over offers from Marshall, Air Force, Akron, and Connecticut, among others. Bass earned an offer at Syracuse's football camp in early June and parlayed that into his first Power 5 offer, and now he becomes the eighth commitment of Syracuse's 2023 class. At 6'5", 295 pounds, Bass has plenty of potential. Congratulations to him on committing to the Orange. That's it for us for Brad Bierman. This is Wes Chang reminding you that if I had a bookstore, I would make all the mystery novels hard to find. You've been listening to the Juice on the Cues podcast on SNY.TV, and we'll see you next time. This has been the Juice on the Cues podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network. Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy.